Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend editions here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach. Elijah Herbal is here. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Hey, smile. Football is back. Kick off at 11 o'clock. Get that red beer poured. And if you're not a red beer guy, a little Baileys and coffee will do like Elijah. Uh, I've got a big red cowboy hat on. Giddy up. Elijah's working on his uh, brand new T-shirt. Tell the folks what you're wearing. Yeah, it's uh, a large picture of uh, Kevin Warren on my chest wearing a large clown nose. Uh-huh, so it's a clown uh. nose. Cranach, are you clothed this morning, or is it commando <laughs> no. time? It's working from home. Are you kidding me? No. Why would you put the pants on? <laughs> Save yourself some laundry. Uh, you know? So you got, the big red, you got the big red robe on, huh, is what you're telling me? Big red. Okay, we'll go with that. If that's what, if you want to imagine that I'm clothed at all, I need, then, I need, I need, uh, I need the dude robe at least pictured on right now while you're doing radio. That's just more laundry too. Uh-huh. I just have a hat on, hat and socks. There we go. Let's do this. You got to stay warm. Okay, uh, it, it's you know what, man. What a what a opportunity today for nebraska and as as a fan base you're just starved for football there's some good things you took from that ohio state game and i think energy is kind of the word today right what kind of energy not only as a a football team and head coach and program can you uh can you take with you into into evanston but can you leave with for future games this season that's that's why today's big. It's it's the next game. It's a chance to get better. It's a chance to make that jump, right? But this is a game that is going to be tough by mm-hmm. all counts anyway. And uh, it's it's a chance to kind of go test your football team and see what, what happens. Are you better in a four-quarter slugfest? And can you make the place to win? More importantly, Mark, can you uh, – forget to 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 make some of those boneheaded mistakes and that's just been the Uh theme all week is you know self-control can you be a better you versus a northwestern football team because that's how they get you yeah it's a brandon vogel who we'll have on later i think referred to northwestern as the big Ten's truth serum Uh so kind of whatever you are is going to come out against them right Mm -hmm. um doesn't mean they're the Big Ten's best. They're not. 
Um, but you get exposed for what you are <laughs> when you play Northwestern. And what Nebraska has been going back several years now, um, and it continued under Frost, is a mistake-prone, shoot-yourself-in-the-foot kind of outfit. You know, it's just how it is. They turn the ball over more than the other team. They commit more penalties than the other team. Just with regularity. That's just what they are. That's got to change, though. That has to change at some point. And it's a good idea to maybe have that change against what is probably the Big Ten's least penalized team. The team that turns it over not nearly as much as everybody else. So that should start today. Because, Chris, you and I were talking about this last night. It was pretty incredible after the Ohio State game, the general reaction to what everybody saw on the field. It was because it was unanimous, right? Like there, there's normally a takeaway after after you play a game. Um, there's usually some kind of mixed reactions on it or there's consensus towards the way of God, they looked like crap. <laughs> I have not seen a I have not experienced anything like what we saw after Ohio State, which was pretty unanimously. Even though Nebraska got their teeth kicked in on the scoreboard, 30-plus points, the the reaction was, huh, hey, no, Nebraska actually showed something there. Like, literally everybody I talk to that follows the program closely, the, 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 the fans that are, you know, generally overly critical, the ones that are drinking the Kool-Aid, like the, the entire gamut of Husker fans that I talk to and experts, media types, unanimously everybody saw something like we all saw something right like we all did even though they lost by 35 to where you're like huh no that's that was different they they played they blocked differently they tackled differently they, they played with a different level of physicality they stopped right? the run they stopped the run differently at, at the point yeah. of attack i mean the we the all saw that overwhelming takeaway was man Props to Duvall, props to those kids, and prop to the development. Props to the development, right? When you, when we talk about, all right, how thin is Nebraska? How deep is Nebraska? What do you get from your young kids, right? And how healthy can your older guys stay? I mean, you saw a really good rotation on the defensive line. You saw a kid out of North Fork and Ethan Piper do some really good work when he was in. Uh, you, you saw your young pup, uh, Ben Hart, at right tackle. Nebraska had no issue, really, uh, from Ohio State's defensive ends. Now, they'd move some of those cats around, and there was some interior push, and that, that that's going to happen to other teams, right? But, no, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of the scene from Major League, right, where about halfway through, um, they're, they're doing the, uh, the, the man on the street, portion of of the show where you know it's about all-star break time and old Lou Brown has those Cleveland Indians led by wild thing Ricky Vaughn and Jake Taylor and between the grounds crew the Japanese grounds crew and the construction worker and the punk rockers at the bar it's well they're not that crappy (laughs) you know I mean that's yeah, I mean that's, that's a good analogy. Right? I mean that's that's and and we're not saying Nebraska's crap. I'm just saying you kind of walked away and went, "Huh." Exactly. They they're they're, sort they're not that, they're not that bad. They may be ahead of schedule. The the 3 years of strength and conditioning are starting to hit. 
Now, what do you do from a uh, a standpoint of of taking care of the football? Right. What do you do from a standpoint of getting a a threat downfield to open up your guy Wandale in the middle of the field and just from a tweak here and there, yeah, you got to be better to keep that thing within 13 or even 20 and make sure it's not a 32-point. You just look at the score and kind of roll your eyes if you're a college football fan if you didn't see the game. So, you know, there's there's a high level of respect for Northwestern, and that has had to grow, right? I mean, a lot of football fans in Nebraska looked at I mean, everyone goes, uh, that's that's a win. Give me the ink pen, not the pencil, and let's put a W on the schedule next to Northwestern. And then that's not been the case. Nebraska is five and four uh, in nine meetings. You, you look at how tight these games have been. These games test how good a program and how composed of a program you are because you can't mm-hmm. overlook them. You got to be as physical as they are because they are very physical and you have to play as smart as they are, and they develop the heck out of kids, and look at their linebacking core. They're incredible. I think Nebraska's got a real opportunity today to go to work some body punches uh, on that interior, just because where is Northwestern weak? Well, they're, they're not weak on the interior of their defensive line, but they're not deep, right? And they just got done dancing with Iowa. I know it's a short and compacted season, but they... Uh, you play Iowa, now Nebraska comes in, let Juergens go maul, let Wilson, let Piper, let Farniak, let them go do their thing with some zone read or inside run in that A-gap and just get the hammer, get the sledgehammer out and go old school Nebraska and just punch away on the interior and watch that thing pop in the fourth quarter and mix in some quarterback run because Nebraska's got some dynamic dudes that can carry the football, be it uh, Adrian or be it Luke McCaffrey. So I I think if Nebraska is as hungry as they have said they are, right? I mean, this attitude, this chip on their shoulder we've talked about all week, I think they go in laser-focused. I think they go in pretty excited and I think they handle their business. And I think if they handle their business well and take care of the football, I mean, they have better skill guys. They have better athletes. They could make this thing not so tense in the fourth quarter. But they still got to go do it, Mark. They, they can. It's, it's there for them. It's, look, you got three senior linebackers in the Northwestern, uh, on the Northwestern defense, including Patty Fisher, who's – Probably going to be an Honey NFL Fisher's guy. Been there seven hundred years. Yeah, I mean they're they're solid. They're good tacklers. So even as much as you know, you, you want them to go to the body all game and and punch it inside to try to wear out the defensive line. You're you're running into a wall of backers too, right? It's it's mm-hmm. so those aren't going to be easy yards. And so how committed are you to that? Is is Mills ready for that kind of workload with yeah. Tompkins behind him? Um, because you're, you're going to get hit today. Today's going to be a hard hitting game and it, it has the chance to be a pretty fast game too, has a chance. And that's more or less dependent on there's two things. Cause I don't think in their core Northwestern or Nebraska wants to throw it much. Look, Northwestern do they run the ball probably more than anybody in the big 10. Just about, they do. I mean, I mean, it's two to one ratio. 
Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's I think it's even north of seventy percent. So even more than a you two and to your one damn ratio. math this morning. I'm sorry, but they're not even, but they're not great at it. But they're committed to it. <laughs> they just do it. They're they're not good at running. They're really they're not. They're not a great running team. They're not going to bus off 50, 60, 70 yarder. They don't have the personnel to do it. But they're committed to it, and they're going to keep doing it. So the clock's going to tick, right? And if Nebraska, even though you know, if Nebraska's just as committed to it, this thing could go pretty fast today. So you got so your your possessions there might not be that many. You got to make sure you you take advantage of them. Now, here's a couple X factors though. What will Northwestern decide to do with a guy like Peyton Ramsey, who we know is an accomplished quarterback, transfer from Indiana that's now at Northwestern that's probably started what thirty Big Ten football games? He knows he knows yeah, he what knows he's the doing. league and he knows Nebraska. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. What will they try to do? How, if at all, will their first half plans change knowing that Cam Taylor Britt is sitting out with the uh, with the suspension for for targeting in the last game and with Deontay Williams out, which means we will see more of Quentin Newsome, Miles Farmer, Noah Pola Gates, some combination thereof. Gifford, Don't possibly. Exactly. Yeah, yep, maybe Gifford. Right. You're, you're, but you're going to see new, inexperienced faces. None of those guys are even close to household names outside of people that follow recruiting, because these guys they have just haven't they haven't participated a lot, right? They just haven't. Um, now Northwestern doesn't have a lot of guys that'll scare you in the receiving game, but if you're Northwestern with Peyton Ramsey, do you get maybe a little fancy with motions and try to overwhelm those guys assignment wise? You know, try to get them isolated at some point. Who knows? So that that's a factor that you have to look out for. The other factor on Nebraska's side of the ball, Omar Manning makes his debut. Look, he is he the is he the second coming? Is he the guy? Is he that threat that Frost has been needing and wanting since Stanley Morgan left? That big receiver that that also has enough speed to 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 go deep, big enough to go over the middle. I mean, you know, he was the number one JUCO receiver in America for a reason. Had a lot of uh, had a lot of recruiting attention on him. Hadn't seen the field yet because of whatever reason. But Scott Frost this week says he's ready to go. So Nebraska's all of a sudden got a very different profile trotting out at receiver. Let and there's Marcus Fleming. Is he ready to go? I'm Turner. interested in Elante Brown. He's a mm-hmm. Chicago kid. I mean, you're coming you home to play ball. And listen, you've had two weeks to get these kids up to speed. Reinforce that, dude, we, we need you. Uh, second of all, we need you to, to be able to be on the field all the time, not just some of the time. Let's work on the next the last two weeks, what you're good at, what you're comfortable with, and then we'll, we'll you know, feed you more on your plate, so to speak, once you get down some initial things. So there are some things base-wise, play-wise, and, you know, personnel setting that you can you can use these guys. Don't be afraid to use them. But in the same sense, these guys have needed to earn some trust where it's not, all right, this dude's all Big Ten one play. Oops, we just tried to run a bubble with Juan Dale and lost seven yards type of you know seesaw action with good and bad so yeah you need to be able to 
<laughs> you recruited your butt off to get some of these elite skill guys. Uh, let them go eat. And that is a different. There's <laughs> right. your there's your difference maker right there, right? I mean, who does Northwestern have defensively uh, that can can match up physically with an Omar Manning or a Fleming or an Alante Brown or a Wandale Robinson? I mean, Wandale Robinson, you know how big a difference maker he was as a freshman last year, and and he was responsible for ten of the the thirteen points. And when push came to shove last year, Nebraska got the football to him. And he made the big play to get Nebraska set up in field goal range. Elijah, you want to jump in here real quick? Yeah, with this game today, what, what it's on to me. I mean, we're talking receivers, we're talking secondary, we're talking all it's this. Line, it's line. It, it comes down to winning the line of scrimmage, uh, and then secondary on top of that, it, it comes down to these linebackers because uh, the linebackers today are going to have to stop the run. Northwestern showed against Iowa, even down seventeen points early. We're going to continue pounding the rock. Uh, but Northwestern also knows, to Mark's point, uh, that the Huskers are, are down in the secondary. So I expect to see a lot of run, uh, but even on top of that, play action play action more than what we saw against Iowa. And that's going to fall down the linebackers to, to keep their eyes out of the backfield, to watch their keys, uh, and to make sure that they, they drop into the pass. Because that's where Peyton Ramsey beat the Huskers last year, was those crossing routes, uh, getting the Huskers linebackers in space guarding a receiver uh and, and that's why i think that this game is won or lost today is do those linebackers do a good job stop stepping up and filling the run and they do then do they do a good job uh getting back on play action and covering the pass that, that's where it is to me that's where the game's won and lost. you know mark a uh, thought too with the you know having a having a rhymers healthy and ready to go today is huge so it's not 60 to 80 snaps for miller and Honus, but I I loved the way Honus played. I love how he flew to the football. I thought Miller played a really good ball game as well. Me too. So I think Nebraska's linebackers are probably again a snapshot of Game One against Ohio State. They're uh, they're a step up at least just how fast they are playing, how much understanding they have, and you put in a Rymers who's kind of a special athlete. Uh, not not quite a hybrid guy, but he is able to to move pretty quick, and uh, has some twitch ability to to go make some tackles. So, yeah, I think Nebraska's linebackers will be will be up for the challenge. But the main reason being is I think the defensive line is going to be able to do their job, and and keep uh, some of those those fat guys in purple uh, from from climbing up to get them. That's the other thing that I'm excited about on the other side of the ball with Nebraska's offensive line. You know, can they hammer away enough at the Northwestern defense and then eventually get up to that second level? And think of how good and athletic Jurgens is. Think about, you know, mm-hmm. how Cam looked against Ohio State, right? And same with Piper and, 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 and Bo and, and, of course, Farniak. Can Nebraska do their job on the line and then get up and just be physical against as good as Northwestern's linebackers are? Can Nebraska's offensive line get to those guys uh, after that initial block on the line of scrimmage and get to the second level and, and neutralize those guys? I mean, Nebraska, how about a guy like Jurgens is just a godsend in a game like this when you need to find a way to, to get after the strength of that Northwestern defense, and that's the linebacking core. Well, and you, to your point, Cam Jurgens, depending on how he eats and trains, could be a middle linebacker. <laughs> no, so, right. <laughs> at, at, right, so athletically – that he's, you know, that he's he's tougher to deal with than a lot of offensive linemen. If you're a linebacker, you know, a lot of offensive linemen slow enough that you can you can shed them, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You can just kind of get them going one way, use their momentum to just avoid them. 
Um, you can't really do that with Cam Jurgens because he's agile enough that he's going to be on you. It look. Here's the other part: is that Frost and Nebraska's offense, it's a spread, and and the 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 point of the spread is to like literally spread the field, right? Mm. But that's only worth something if the people you're spreading the field with are threats, right? Mm. Otherwise, they're just sort of like receivers that are just standing out, right? They're not a threat. You don't feel like as a defense, you need to pay special attention to them. And that's where Nebraska has been in the passing game all through last year outside of Wandale, right? But it's just one person. You know what I mean? That's so that you, you've just negated the entire point of the spread because you don't have actual threats out there. If, if Manning is a legitimate threat, we know Wandale is. If Alante emerges into one, these are a lot of ifs, okay? <laughs> and I'm, I realize that. I'm not trying to say this is going to happen. I'm just saying if this happens, if Marcus Fleming comes to life, if Chris Hickman, I mean, you basically need like three of those guys. Two for sure. Three would be great. Four, oh my God, you're looking at a conference title type offense. Like, you know, if you can legitimately spread the, spread the field, make the defense have to legitimately account for that spread out formation and for all the people that are on the field. Then let's see what Wandale does. Then let's see how Adrian runs. Then let's see how Luke figures in. Mm -hmm. Right? Because as a defense, you haven't had to be concerned with this spread from Nebraska necessarily. You've been able to pack it in. And if we, if, if Nebraska has to, Pack it in, essentially. Keep it between the tackles because everybody and their dog knows that the threats on the outside are not threats. That plays right into Northwestern's hands. Yeah, you need to you need to be able to hit some big plays, and that's what Northwestern's good at preventing. But Nebraska, Northwestern's going to make it real hard for you to try and run the football. I mean, they're going to try and take that away, so it's going to come down to to taking some shots, hitting some shots, and being be be willing to to live with some of that and, and well, go yeah. outside to some of your skill guys. Well, Northwestern has not allowed a run over 20 yards this year against Maryland and Iowa. Yeah. So, so you're not breaking these big runs. Well, and, and to, the other to part point, of that Chris, too you is better be able to break, you better be able to break something some other way. You do. And we know how Nebraska historically performs inside the red zone. Right. <laughs> right. Not great. So you're going to need to pop something. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be in the run game. I mean, it's probably not. It doesn't mean you can't get yards, but you know, odds are stacked against you to be expecting, you know, 20, 30, 40 yard runs. Go now, get, they haven't granted. They haven't faced the personnel that Nebraska has. Maryland mm-hmm. was is Maryland. Um, and then Iowa, it's notoriously slow starters as the season begins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Iowa's probably going to get stuff fixed by the time, you know, late season rolls around. But right now they're or it could struggling. be a burning tire. I mean, it could be, could be a lot of racial tensions and weird stuff happening yeah. in the city. Uh, but right. So you, you don't want to play into their hands to where the, the outside is no threat. You, you also don't want to expect that you're just going to be able to scheme these huge runs against a pretty salty, experienced defense. You're not going to fool three senior linebackers at Northwestern. <laughs> 
you're right. You're just you're probably not going to be able to out scheme and fool them. You need to be able to actually spread the field. What you can do is you can line up a Patty Fisher on a Wandale. Yeah. And for as good as Patty Fisher is, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't covering Wandale in step. the open field. That ain't happening. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. You need to be able to the, – the spread has to actually be a spread. And they need to actually respect the weapons that are out there. So I think today we could see, for as much as we're talking about going to the body and – Doing the, I think that plays into Northwestern's hands, and I think if you see some names that you're maybe not used to to hearing, if you start seeing those guys get involved early, that bodes really, really well for the rest of the game. Quick point before we get out of here is just along with that point, Mark, is with this spread offense is, is you can't get three and outs against this Northwestern team. Northwestern is going to wear you down. They're going to wear your defense down. And if you have to yeah. keep your defense out there for a long time today, it means bad things for Nebraska down the stretch. Yeah, you don't want them to, to, to wear out. I know it's game two, but uh, that's fair. A lot of snaps. You need to be able to take care of the football and put some drives together. Uh, here's the lineup. We just kind of jumped into Nebraska Northwestern. Uh, our rewind is up next, and we uh, sit down with uh, a talented assistant coach for a lot of years at Nebraska, Coach Rick Kaczynski. Uh, uh, three just marathon crazy games in his time at Nebraska against Northwestern. So we'll talk to Kaz uh, about that, that trick and finding a way to beat a, a Northwestern team in a tight game. That's on the way. Brandon Vogel next hour. Gary Sharp. Cousin Dino is back with his prediction at 8.50. And uh, this is the weekend edition at Tail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now back with Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back to it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk Nebraska Northwestern. Let's say hi to a longtime Nebraska assistant coach on the defensive line, Rick Kaczynski, with his Kaz. What's up, man? How are you? Schmidt Rock, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right, good, man. Doing How's good. In Lincoln? We're uh, we're waiting on football, Rick, uh, coach. <laughs> it's it's been it's been uh, you know twenty twenty the the unexpected and. Uh, you remember well all the times that uh, Wisconsin was set to roll into Lincoln or, or vice versa, those magnitude matchups, and uh, all of a sudden <clears throat> COVID raises its ugly head. And so I, I golfed Saturday, and I should have been uh, covering football. That's, that's how my weekend went, and what a crazy year. But uh, interested to get your thoughts on, on Nebraska specifically. Uh, I want to go back in time to, to 2013 for a moment and the infamous Hail Mary with Westerkamp and Ron and uh, your defensive lineman just doing work in that second half. And where were you uh, that day in Lincoln where Nebraska got the Hail Mary, got the win over Northwestern? Were you on the sideline for that? Yeah, sure. We were on the sideline, and uh, it's just one of those games that just a hard-fought game. Had, hadn't played very well um, on defense, or I'm speaking for my guys. Early on, we made some really good adjustments, and uh, you know, for I was I have been fortunate, been in a lot of close battles and great games with Northwestern. Have a lot of uh, respect for for Fitz and his staff and what they've done over the years there. So anytime you play, you know it's going to be a battle. And 
you know, those guys, uh, you know, that game almost got away from us in the second half, and then Moss made a play, and, um, you know, just kind of got, got us back into it. And you look up on the scoreboard, and you got a chance to win. And, you know, there was a play that probably a lot of people don't remember, kept him out of the end zone. Randy came from across the field and uh, knocked Coulter out, um, and they had to settle for a field goal. And, and uh, you know, kept us in it. And and I remember Papuchis, uh, uh, him and I were standing on the bench uh, on uh, where the defensive line would sit. And we were standing up, and he goes to me. He said, we're going to win this game. And I just shook my head, and I think I said, uh, yeah, right, JP. He goes, no, I'm serious. And I just looked at him. I laughed. We had our headsets off, and then the place went crazy, and I looked at each other. And I mean, you really, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty euphoric. Yeah, it was one of the uh, one of the, the great moments in my in my coaching career. That's that's for sure. And uh, you know, anytime you're a part of that, whether it's for a championship, whether it's a win, it's just something that's uh, ingrained with you. And uh, remember, uh, Norm Parker used to say, you know, after after we win. Um, you know, he said, "Go in the locker room and, and look at the looks on the players' faces." And, and I'll never, I'll never forget that. You know, after that game, that locker room, that sideline, uh, you know, that euphoria there for those uh, few moments. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, talking uh, Nebraska Northwestern, and you know, I can, I can hear Pooch saying, "Hey, we're going to win." And uh, as long as he was calling his shots, let's go to the casino later, right? I mean, like... <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Yeah, I love I loved Ron, and it, I just you know uh, Kellogg, but the odds were stacked against us. They were, but uh, yeah, I mean it'll it'll go down as one of the you know one of the the best plays in probably the last twenty years in, in Husker football. I, I just remember the roar of the crowd too. Yeah. There's just certain things that. Um, you know, you, you just can't um, you, you can't replicate, and just just that roar. I mean, there there's times that uh, I'll sit down with my son and pull it up on my phone and just look at those last couple plays, and you look at some of these uh, videos that people uh, shot with their cell phones. I look at those; it's just just uh, just pretty incredible. And then having our families on the field afterward is it, just you know that's that's what makes the sacrifice as a coach and all that other and as a player that's what makes it worth it that's for sure Rick Kaczynski's with us on Alvar City Radio Kaz what's it what's it like coaching and and how do you get kids ready for those tight ball games and and they're it seems like every weekend in the Big Ten as deep and as good as coaching staffs are and I mean it's 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 so tight, and Nebraska Northwestern have a pretty vintage history of close, tight ball games. What makes Northwestern so difficult? I mean, Nebraska has been in the Big Ten ten years. This will be, you know, the tenth time Nebraska Northwestern hook up, and I mean, they're always three point ball games. It feels like, or very rarely are they double digit. Uh, wins. I mean, it's always overtime or something crazy goes on. And um, how do you navigate through that as a coach? And how do you get your guys to, to lock in as a player? Well, I think what you, what you know, uh, you know, when you're playing Northwestern, uh, you know they're going to execute. You know that they're not going to give you many chances. And um, I think what, what Nebraska's done a really good job of is limited mistakes. Mm-hmm. 
when they've played Northwestern. I think that's why it's it's always been a close game. Um, you know, I, when I think about Northwestern and and the type of teams that they have, I think you look at their coaching staff and the stability and the experience they have. Uh, you know, they're not getting guys that Alabama or Michigan or Ohio State's getting. They're, 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 but they're getting guys that fit their system. They're getting guys that they can develop. And when they're playing, they're playing with a lot of fourth and fifth year guys. They're playing with a lot of guys with experience. And, and I think what you see is what they do is they develop really well when those guys graduate. There's not a big drop-off, Schmitty. Yeah. Um, and I just think when you, there's a mentality of when you get into conference play. Um, and I think that's what really, really hurts a lot of every team. Nobody's executed. Nobody's playing well. I don't, I don't even think Ohio State's even playing anywhere near to their capabilities right now. Because you don't have those games, um, those early games on to prepare you for conference. Um, when you get into the conference, as soon as the Big Ten starts, uh, all of a sudden, man, the, the, you, you, know, you turn the volume up. Everything gets turned up a level here. Um, the intensity, you can feel it gets tighter in the building. Uh, you get honed in because everybody knows that from – the first team to the 14th team in the Big Ten, if you don't play your best and if you make mistakes, anybody can beat you on any Saturday. Um, so, you know, Northwestern, they're going to give you the same issues year in, year out, right? They're smart. They're tough. They're, they're, they're going to make you earn every single thing. And I think Nebraska's been in the league long enough and being in those tight games, those guys expect that. Right, and I mean, just as a coach, you really don't go into any week, Schmidt, mm-hmm. any different than any other week. You want your guys to execute. You want your guys. You want to put them in the best position to be uh, successful. I, I think, I think you know, when you get into the Big Ten season and you get into a week like this, it's up to the players. Right, the players got to make the decision. You know, it, it's what they put in. Right, it's it's how it's their approach during the week, how they're going to handle the week of preparation to put themselves in position to be successful. So, so the coaches' routines don't change. I think when you're looking at a week like this, and after coming off Ohio State, building on those positives, but when you get into the Big Ten season, man, you know it, it's it's what these players are putting in, and I think that's where you'll see the difference in the teams here as the season goes. Interested to know, you know, with Nebraska, they've had extra time to prepare for Northwestern. Northwestern's played two games. Heck of a comeback in Iowa City. I mean, just a great job by the Northwestern defense to lock down in that second half. Nebraska's at home because Wisconsin had to cancel due to COVID. So Nebraska did not get to play. You don't get that game one to game two jump. Obviously, Wisconsin's a beast to deal with. So, if, if you're Nebraska, you're ticked off. You didn't get a play. You're ticked off. You didn't get a chance to, to schedule somebody. The, the conference shot you down. That say you said you've had extra time to prep. Is there an advantage? Is there a disadvantage? How do you how do you look at that by not playing but having the extra prep time? Well, I, I think you, you got to look at it. You know, two ways. One. Um, you know, it, it kills you in such a short season mm-hmm. to, to lose a game like that, right? Now, the but the fortunate thing was you're not the team that has players with COVID. 
So you're able to prepare with the team that you're going to go in and play Northwestern against, right? So, so I think you got to look at that as a positive. And then I think secondly, you got to just, hey, those are the cards like we talked about early on in this segment, man. It's 2020. It's a funky, crazy year. There's so many, so many more variables that we can't control right now. So all you can worry about is what you can control, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think that's what's important. And and here you are. It's Northwestern week. You can't worry about last week. You can't worry about not playing. But I think there there might be a little bit of an advantage uh, for Nebraska because you know you still got that tread on your tire. You know you you got guys that didn't get banged up against the Wisconsin. Um, you know, you had Northwestern that went on the road, played in a tight ball game, expelled a lot of energy, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of anxiety, you know, a lot of effort, those type of things. So, so I think Northwestern's the team that would probably have to adjust um, going into week three than Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at Nebraska, you're going to have guys chomping at the pit. So, so when I look at Nebraska, I think, you know, going into this week, don't let's not talk about Wisconsin anymore. Let's not talk about the conference or any conspiracy theories against Nebraska. Let's move on. Let's take care of business. Let's look ahead. What's ahead? Northwestern. Let's concentrate on that and and let's handle the week. I think that's the most important thing right now for Nebraska. Rick Kaczynski's with us, uh, former Nebraska assistant defensive line coach with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, I, I want to go to Iowa, and uh, the Hawkeyes are at 0-2. Uh, Purdue stung them in a, in a tight ball game. Uh, you had Northwestern sting them after Iowa had a 17-0 lead. And now Sparty comes in. And I think we're all kind of blown away that Sparty did that 180 from seven turnovers against Rutgers to winning in Ann Arbor. This is a pretty dire game for the Hawkeyes, man. 0-3. 0-2's really rough. But uh, maybe 0-3. I know they host Michigan State, but you want to talk about some swag. Michigan State's rolling into town feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah, and, and you know, you got a kid in, in Lombardi that's, that's going back home. To yeah, Iowa, West Des Moines Valley kid, um, and um, so I know he'll be fired up for that. But uh, but also too, I think you got a, you got a quarterback, and that's that position's become more. It's always been important, but it's it's become so critical now in college football. Um, you know, with the passing games and the comp- and uh, how complex mm-hmm. the the offensive systems have become and. And now Iowa had uh, Nate Stanley, who was there forever, and you got a, a, a quarterback coming in that, because Iowa was in, has always you know played in tight games, you know the kid didn't get any game snaps last year, and then you miss out on spring ball, and then you don't have those three games to start the season, you know to get your bearings. So I think that's what you're seeing with with Iowa, uh, but they got to figure out a way to generate points against Big Ten opponents. I think I saw a statistic where they haven't scored in the, in the second half, I think in five quarters in Big Ten games. So, you know, they got to fix that. Um, but, uh, you know, but give, you know, that, that's what you love about the Big Ten. That's what you love about conference play, Schmitty, is it's going to be tight, right? I mean, that's good football. Um, you know, one-point games, three-point games, a mistake here and there. I mean, that's uh, – 
you know that's what you live for that's what you that's what you play for and that's what you coach for and as a fan that's what you want to see i mean you know that was that was four quarters of of entertainment i think uh iowa had five series with with uh down one point and um in northwestern stopped them you know that's that's great football but yeah i think i think they are um in a in a you know the Coach Speak is always going to say, oh, one game at a time, all we can worry about this. But, yeah, they are. If you fall to 0-3, you got to start wondering about where you're at, um, you know, this year and, and, where to, and where to move forward. So, um be an interesting game. And you look at the Minnesotas and you look at the Maryland's and, all, and the Michigan States, and that's what's crazy about 2020. You just don't know what you're going to get from week to week. Well, and Indiana's got some, some ball players, and they've been really pretty talented on the lines of scrimmage. And Michigan comes in, and they head to Bloomington. And that's tough ball game for Harbaugh and company, too. I mean, Michigan looked incredible. They pretty much dismantled Minnesota, uh, ABC, you know, to open up the, the conference play. And then, man, Sparty did their thing. And that kind of surprised me. And now you got Indiana waiting and, and Wisconsin, uh, hopefully, you know, two weeks from now for Michigan. So we'll see where, where, where Michigan, see if they can get right against Indiana. And Coach Allen's done a really uh, impressive job there. So, Kaz, I got to ask you, man, uh, what are you doing? You getting together with some friends? How are you going to soak in Clemson, Notre Dame Saturday? Well, I think I got, we got cross country. My daughter's at cross-country na- nationals. My daughter, Sophie, and, and Victor's got a baseball turn. That's the great thing, Schmidt Rock, down here in South Carolina. It'll be 76 on Saturday, and we'll be playing uh, travel ball Saturday and Sunday. So I'll be watching my games on a <laughs> – I'll be watching most of the games on a, on a phone. So, um, you know, to be honest with you, it, it's hard for me being a former coach uh, to yeah. really enjoy watching. You know, you're, you're constantly analyzing, sure. you're looking at things, you're an armchair quarterback and, and how you would do this and how you would do that. But, uh, you know, that one holds a little bit more special value just because, one, you know, I went to Notre Dame, and then, two, uh, you get tired of these yahoos down here with all their Clemson stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, uh, I just uh, – and, and I can't use the argument anymore that they don't play anybody now that they're playing Notre Dame. So, <laughs> so I'll, be, uh, I'll be looking forward to that. I wish, I wish they were be, they'd be playing at um, uh, full tilt with, with Lawrence, but that'll happen again if both teams take care of business. And, and you know, like anything, when the ball's kicked, nobody cares about your problems. Nobody's going to care. Notre Dame doesn't care if Trevor Lawrence. That's, that's great for the media. That's mm-hmm. great to talk about. But I guarantee Coach Kelly – you know, Friday night before the game, you know, it doesn't matter who's behind, who's under center. You, you, you want to win the game. You want to execute. You want to play your best. And, and uh, every time you win, the next one gets bigger. But, uh, you know, it would be great. Wish there would be people in the stands, you know, not just for the Notre Dame players, but also for the, the Clemson mm-hmm. players. And, um, you know, Notre Dame, the Nebraska's, those type of uh, those type of, of stadiums, they're, they're destinations. They're not just a stadium. Um, you know, you make it a football weekend, not a football Saturday. And I just think that it's, uh, I'd love for some of these Clemson fans that I know down here to go visit Notre Dame and take in a weekend and see what that place is all about with, uh, with 90,000 people in there. And unfortunately they won't be able to do it. So, uh, 
But yeah, it's it's college football 2020. We'll take what we got, right, Schmidt? Right. Well, yeah, and coach, the the beer has never tasted colder than it did at linebackers <laughs> after a Nebraska win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you. Now I'm getting old, Schmidt. Now we're we're drinking uh, my neighborhood. We're we're drinking beer, doing trick or treating. So, so uh, yeah, that's that's what we that's what we do now. And uh, right. talk about politics and the weather. That's so, good. Like those uh, like those commercials. We've all we all be morphing to our parents, right? That's why I'm more and more working on it. Kaz, best to you, man. Best to your family, and we'll do this again. Thanks for your insight today. Thank you, man. Tell everybody in Lincoln I said hello. Oh, big red. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Hour 2 Weekend Edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. I am just getting the specialty pizza order in from our big friends at Lazari's. Mm, what are you going with today? Dude, I am going to fire up as many wings as they have. And I'm I'm the... They, they do an incredible cheeseburger pizza. This is not a yeah. paid endorsement. I, I'm just... I'm hungry. Did they do like a mustard ketchup base? Yes. And when they do a cheeseburger pizza, it is it is legend. And I'm I'm you know, I'm gonna make sure they've they've got enough ketchup and mustard for me to do to do that. That's where that's where some of the pizza places go wrong is that they do the cheeseburger pizza, but they use regular marinara. No, you're not like, at all. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. They, they, no. And I'm like it's it's not like it's always available. So I'm I'm trying to call in a favor to make sure I can get a cheeseburger pizza. Yeah. Because great of luck to you, man. Great grandma's we're watching the game with great grandma today. So uh it's gonna be awesome. You're gonna watch the game with great grandma. Uh she said there's beer in the fridge. <laughs> so nice. yeah, yeah. And then be sure to get uh, Real Red Reaction cranked up with Greg Ethan Huxy uh, and Elijah. They'll have that immediately after uh, Nebraska beats Northwestern today uh we welcome in brandon vogel and uh vogues i i mean your your podcast is phenomenal your writing's incredible and i'm i'm all about sincere compliments today um i i think you would probably love this cheeseburger pizza knowing how you dig food (laughs) cheeseburger pizzas are one of those things that i dislike in theory but i really like in practice and and Mark nailed it. If you're gonna, you got to do some sort of ketchup and mustard sauce. Um, I particularly like it when they include pickles on yes. the uh, yep. on the topping. A nice chopped pickle. So I, I'm there with you. Um, I haven't found a local purveyor for for me who does it quite well enough. So it, it feels like even more of a special treat. Well, you know what I can't deal with. I like them when they're fresh, but taco pizzas just become an absolute mess. This the second you put them in the fridge, and then the lettuce gets wilty, but the lettuce is sort of stuck into the cheese, so you can't really rake it out. I I can't do the taco pizzas. I don't know where you guys stand. Um, taco pizzas are good, but I'm gonna go probably with the the cheeseburger pizza. Uh, the bunny likes. They have this. Oh, it's got buffalo mozzarella on it, this pizza. 
There you with, go. With a little bit of, uh, oh, God, what's the sauce on top? I don't know. It's dark. and kind of. It almost looks like you're pouring. Balsamic. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the margarita yeah. pizza. We, we crush that. And it's, uh, yeah, that's that's her go-to over there. So, but you can't be throwing lettuce on half the thing no. with pizza is the leftovers. It is, and, and I'm not a taco and, pizza. Your leftover is. And I don't know about you guys, and we'll get to football. I promise, but I, I just don't do a lot of lettuce on my tacos anyway. I mean, I, that's okay. like well, I skip. Not- I skip that. Yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm a never never tacoer when it comes to pizza. I love tacos, of course. Uh, <laughs> that's not to. But taco pizza, yeah, that's just not a combo that works for me. No. no. Just, just as a quick yeah. aside, have yeah. you guys seen those uh, those Pizza Hut ads that are like, hey, if you're uh, if you don't like your delivery of hamburgers and tacos, get a taco pizza or a hamburger pizza. And if somebody, if I'm like, hey, I'm feeling like a taco. A taco sounds good. It's Tuesday, mm-hmm. and someone brought me a taco pizza. They'd get punched in the face. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because I mean, there, there is nothing like oh god, it's only Tuesday, especially this Tuesday, and uh, there's nothing like pizza. And, I mean, I should say beer and tacos. That was my freaking go-to while I'm waiting on Junior to get done with basketball Tuesday. I need five tacos and three beers. Go. And now, was, do you well, are you talking about like? Gringo tacos or authentic real tacos? I'm talking like about the small double corn tortilla and some salado. Well, it wasn't. A, it was. It was something I could have made at home. Somebody made it for me at a local watering hole, and it was well spiced meat. I had a little tomato, little taco sauce, little cheese, a little jalapeno. Uh, I'm a big. I'm a, I'm a big. So, uh, that's okay. Big Gringo black olive guy. I didn't have the black olives I needed. But it was okay, and uh, yeah, like it was olives so- on a taco. Oh, absolutely, it's heaven. What's wrong with people? <laughs> I just I had a lot of, I had a lot of respect for you before that comment. Well, I'm glad after 25 years of debauchery, it took black olives to uh, <laughs> to ruin it. Let's uh, get into Northwestern Vogues. You you nailed it. Truth Serum Saturday, right? I mean, that is what Northwestern's all about, and they. Uh, they make you play great football, or they beat you. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, you know, we give we give Iowa and Wisconsin a, a lot of deserved credit for for being teams that are like that. Um, and they, they probably, well, certainly in the case of Wisconsin, they've done a little more with it than than Northwestern. But they're they're also kind of not as limited as as Northwestern in just a big picture sense. You know, it's tough to get in school there, and that changes the kind of guy you can recruit. So so really, I think Northwestern might be the the best example of a team that just makes you jump through all the boring conventional hoops. Uh, they're they're a little like filling out paperwork, but you got to do it to uh, to even have a shot to beat them. And for, for Nebraska, you know, and this this even goes beyond the, the Scott Frost era, you know, back to Riley and even Pelini, has been a team that struggled to do that. Um, not all the time, but uh, maybe the majority of the time. Um, it's it's a little bit more loose and, and high-flying um, in terms of how it plays. And you've got three division opponents uh, that, that make that a pretty – risky proposition at times uh and and one of those is today so so we'll see what nebraska can get done in evanston you know do you think brandon that 
one of the reasons why Nebraska's offense hasn't taken off is that, you know, fundamentally it's a spread, or that's what they want to be. But they actually haven't been able to perform a spread because there haven't been the threats on the outside to to spread the field horizontally. And they haven't taken shots downfield, so they haven't been able to spread it vertically. So really, they're just a, a team that plays in the box that lines up in spread formations. <laughs> does does it can that change today with an Omar Manning on the field, with maybe Alante Brown being more involved? Do you think that's been sort of a fundamental mismatch for Nebraska over the past couple of years? Um, I think I think it's part of it. I guess to to zoom out and you know look big picture over the past well, 25 games now of, of the Frost era, I think you could make a pretty good argument that while the point totals aren't UCF-like, they're not Big 12-like, at, at, at times, and maybe the majority of the time, Nebraska's offense has been what it wants to be. It hasn't been quite as efficient. Really, it, it hasn't finished drives as, as well as it needs to to be a 37, 38, 39 points a game team. But you, you look at this, and, and, and this offense, you know, which which doesn't have kind of the full complement of players I think it wants yet. It's it's still a work in progress there. But it's moved the ball on just about everyone. Uh, it, it's moved the ball on Ohio State twice now. Um, moved the ball on Northwestern in 2018. It's moved the ball on Wisconsin twice. You know, I mean, these are good defensive teams. So so I think part of it is the, the Big Ten is just a pretty good defensive conference. And you'll see today, like I expect Nebraska to move the ball key question will be how patient are they willing to be? Are they willing to take those five, six yard gains? Um, maybe particularly in the passing game, it, it's even tougher to get those, get five, six yards a pop running the football. Um, <clears throat> because Northwestern, like Iowa, like Wisconsin, is just good at keeping things in front. It really keeps the explosive plays down. Um, so, so is Nebraska willing to go on eight, nine, 10 play drives? Because I'm, I'm confident in, in terms of, from a play calling perspective, like they'll have some good stuff for Northwestern. It's just the Wildcats really, really t- test your patience. And I think that's been some something of a struggle for Nebraska. Um, it wants to be out there going up and down the field. Uh, and the Big Ten's just kind of a, a antagonistic style for, for that kind of football. Now, Brandon, I'm just going to jump in again real quick. Sorry, Chris. It's maybe another way of putting it is, Look, Nebraska's offense has been, I would say, good, if not above good. You know, uh, you wouldn't call it average because you're right. They absolutely move the ball. But maybe a better way of putting it is if they actually have perimeter threats, which right now they really don't or they haven't established that they do. They didn't all last year. Does that unlock <laughs> Nebraska to where it's like, okay, this team's been moving the ball forever. But they just haven't been able to finish because there's not enough threats. And as a defense, you don't actually have to defend the entire field. <laughs> you don't. You don't actually have right. to do it because they don't have enough threats. Does the advent of a Manning yeah. and Elante Brown, would that maybe unlock things to where Nebraska all of a sudden is a 40-point-a-game type offense? Yeah, I think unlock is, is probably the right way to put it. Um, you know, 2018, particularly the second half of that year, might be the best example we have yet, and I don't remember off the top of my head what, what Nebraska averaged points-wise over those those last six games, but uh, 
you had Stanley Morgan and you had J.D. Spielman as a secondary option uh, at, at wide receiver. And I think where you really saw working is, well, when did Nebraska's run game look the best? And it was then, you know, Divine Zigbo, who wasn't even the full-time starter over the first half of that year, it exploded. Uh, he went for 150 yards in that, that Northwestern game in, in 2018. Nebraska's the only team, only Big Ten team, to rush for 200 yards and not beat Northwestern, I think, since 2017, something like that. Um, so, so that kind of shows you a little bit of, of what it meant to have those, those perimeter options. And we'll see. You know, we're only one game into 2020 at this point. You looked at who Nebraska put out there on the edge offensively against Ohio State, and you didn't see one of those ready-made options. Everyone's, of course, waiting on, on Omar Manning. I, I, I know – Ross was was pretty cautious with how he talked about him. I'll be a little bit surprised if we see Manning or if we see a ton of him today. So there, you know, I, I'm not counting on that yet being a a major addition for Nebraska in this game today. Um, until we see him on the field, it's, you know, all the all the commentary around him has been pretty opaque. So so we'll see. They might have to scheme a way around that. Brandon Vogel's with us, HaleVarnCity.com at Magazine, Managing Editor at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. So those threats on the outside say they're still cautious with Omar, which I get. I still think you'll see him get some snaps or, or why not try and use him in the red zone where he can go get a 50-50 for you. But when we look at it, Alante Brown coming home to Chicago or a Fleming. A little bit of them in the fourth quarter against Ohio State. You've had a couple of weeks to get them up to speed. Do you think the issue is is trust, playbook knowledge, or just what Coach Frost is most concerned about, and that's putting guys in position to succeed, right? I mean, it all kind of plays together, but – you know, what, what's, what's your lean as to why, the biggest reason why we, we haven't seen him? Has it been injury? Has it been, okay, they know X number of plays and we need them to know X number of more plays? Or is it just we don't want their confidence or the hype to swallow them up? I mean, what do you think the, the hesitation's been? Why? Yeah, talking about them uh, as, as a group, I guess, I would I... – I would shade toward, because you're right, it's probably a combination of all of those things. Um, and also having a new coach in, in, in mm-hmm. Lubick, you know, uh, he seems very careful to kind of set the standard, uh, whatever that may be. And that, you know, incorporates all facets. You got to know the playbook. You got to be able to block. Uh, you got to be where you're supposed to be. Uh, and, you know, we've only, we only had one game and they weren't willing to compromise that against an opponent that was, was a huge favorite. So this, this will be an interesting test for the trust part of that equation, you know, Alante Brown is the one based on, you know, all of the, the preseason kind of chances we had to talk to the staff who, who seemed the closest. And he seems like a guy I think you could see uh, a, a bit more today. And, but I, I just assume, you know, it's a little bit of a strange off season uh, with, with young players that that play the knowledge is probably what got hurt the most or was the most at risk just with the stop-start nature of it, not having spring ball, all that stuff. And it, particularly for Elante Brown, who was on campus in January, having a spring ball probably would have been pretty big for him. Yeah, yeah uh, Brandon Vogel with us on, on Hale Varsity Radio. 
Okay, so we know Northwestern runs the ball like 70% of the time, maybe even north of that. Um, they're committed to it. Whether or not they're great at it is another story, but they're committed to it. That said, they know they're going against a, a at least half of Nebraska's secondary super inexperienced. It's going to be some combination of Miles Farmer, Noah Pola Gates, uh, Quentin Newsom. D- do you see Northwestern trying to seize that? Do you see them trying to take advantage of that, trying to get those guys in confusing situations? Or do you think they're just going to kind of be what they are and stick to the run and you know maybe hit a couple play actions? Yeah, I think I think they they might test those guys, you know, early um, early in the first half just to kind of see where they're at uh, with with young players like that. And this kind of plays into to to how Northwestern plays anyway this year. Uh, if you can get into those play action play action situations where you can test their their eye discipline and their their willingness to to kind of be slow when you know. These guys haven't played a ton of football. I mean, I know they've been on the field and they, they, they've practiced for two years now, but just getting into a game, it, it can feel pretty fast. Um, so you can test their patience a little bit and make sure they're 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 sound on every play. But for the most part, like the run run pass splits, as you mentioned for Northwestern, are, are kind of off the charts. They they are seventy percent run team, and that's averaging you know. 4.1 yards per carry, which is which is pretty average. It's almost exactly what they were at a year ago. So it's not like the run game has improved drastically from last year, but they have a competent passing game. And, and last year's passing game for Northwestern was the definition of, of incompetent. <laughs> so I, I think you'll see. I, I think you'll see them uh, run the ball quite a bit. And Nebraska's got to be ready to hold up on on first and second down. Based on what we saw against Ohio State, I, I like its chances to do that. The key for me is, is going to be those third downs where Northwestern is, is generating most of the value for itself offensively. Um, it gets into short, short yardage situations a lot by, by kind of remaining committed to the, to the run, even if they're not popping off for big gains. And then Peyton Ramsey really excels at making good decisions. It's kind of his his key trait. He is an excellent decision maker. He's an accurate passer. And that's why he's always completed better than 65% of his passes as a Big Ten quarterback. Vogues, I know you wrote about it, but real quick, just third down is is so huge, right? And Ohio State did their thing specifically in the run game with the scramble. And Nebraska did their job a lot of times on first and second down, right? It was third and long, and that's just a double killer where not only do they get it on you, but they had quite a distance to go. And when you have a guy that's mobile, that, that's an issue. So with with that being said, I mean, do you expect Ramsey to have more of a role with the quarterback run game today? I mean, there's the, Northwestern's done a good job of picking their spots to run him. Um, uh, and when it comes to third down, uh, I would I would get him out of the pocket, right? I mean, don't let him just sit back there. Let him do some some rollouts where it might be a run pass option. I mean, who's who's the guy you sick on him? Do you spy it? Do you just as a as a group defense try and contain it? What what's the best philosophy here to make sure you're good on third down? Yeah, make sure it's third and eight or or worse for sure, but just don't get burned and demoralized on third and eight when he goes and scrambles for nine. I mean, who, who do you kind of circle on the defense to, to help uh, keep that down? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if, if Nebraska uh, spied him. Like Ramsey, and this kind of goes into his overall, you know, strength as a decision maker. I, I would call him a, a savvy runner. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to do, you're not going to have a ton of design QB run. I know they do it a little bit for him, but you know, so <laughs> you get to a third and seven, and he can drop back and get through his progression. And, it, you know, it, it's tough to cover up all three or four guys <laughs> all the time. Uh, and that's true for any any football team. So he, he's good at finding those guys. But he's also good at recognizing, okay, that it, it is pretty well covered at this point, which means my best option is probably to get out of here uh, and try to pick this up on my own. So, you know, I think getting Luke Reimer back potentially, uh, Frost made it sound like he's, he's going to be available this week, uh, could help, you know, just to spell the, those those two inside linebackers, Colin Miller and Will Honus. They they played pretty well for the most part against Ohio State, but you know, Luke Reimer for for a walk on might be one of the best athletes on the team. So having him in there could could help a little bit, um, just because he's able to do do a, a multitude of things. So, but overall, it comes with you know just being sound defensively and. Nebraska's had its struggles to do that on a consistent basis uh, over the past 25 games. Brandon Vogel's with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor, Author, Dream Like a Champion with John Cook. Vogue's have a good day today and fire up some tacos or some some pizza, dude. All right? Sit back and enjoy. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. You too. There he is. Thanks, Brandon. Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Quick timeout. We'll get to the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. And we're about 20 minutes away from uh, Cousin Dino and his prediction for Nebraska Northwestern. Hale Varsity Weekend continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Thanks for hanging out, getting ready for Nebraska Northwestern. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, and Elijah Herbal. We welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Sharpie, what's up? How are you? How you doing, boys? It's uh, football to go today. This is an important game for Nebraska. It is a monster game for the Big Red, and uh, we're all smiling that that football is a go. So uh, anxious to get your thoughts here. Uh, what what today, what a win would mean in your eyes. I know it's not Ohio State. I know it's not Wisconsin. But, man, uh, Nebraska fans have been starving for a, for a nice win for a while. This would chalk up to that. And how's Nebraska get it done today? Well, first and foremost, uh, by the way, I'm standing next to a train. Uh, you can't hear me. First and foremost, Nebraska and Northwestern are not much different since Nebraska's been in the Big Ten. Their records are almost identical. You know, Northwestern is the anti-Nebraska. They play a sound game. They don't hurt themselves. They're not real flashy. They just they have an identity, and they stick with it, and they stay right in the lane. Where Nebraska, as we know, it's in their DNA to struggle a little bit and be their own worst enemy. Today is a huge game from the standpoint of this. First of all, every game during this weird COVID schedule is important. But 1-1 one and 0-2 one and oh and is huge. First of all, if you are a program where you think you know where you're going, you go on the road and you win games like this against teams that you are perceived to be better than. And Nebraska, when you look at the schedule, you're like, okay, that first four-game stretch, even if you go 1-3, and three, that win better be Northwestern. So I think that's why it's important today. But if you're 1-1, one and one, 
and you're looking down the road and the way the Big Ten is so far this year where it's really, really odd, you know, you can start thinking about, man, what's December going to look like? But I think for Nebraska, they feel like they're headed in the right direction. They saw things against Ohio State that are promising that they still need to work on, but you need wins for validation that you're heading in the right direction. And today could be one of those. I actually believe that today would be one of those days in Nebraska start to get some validation where you can say we're turning the corner and back it up with a win. Gary, do you think maybe we're giving a little too much credit to Northwestern? Uh, and I say this because, you know, you look at the opening week, they play Maryland. Maryland's breaking in like an entirely new defensive line. These guys are all like Juco transfers or freshmen and zero experience and Northwestern feasted. And then Iowa every year is pretty, they're a pretty slow starter. You know, it takes them a while to get going by the end of the year. They're pretty solid, but you know, right on cue, they didn't play really well that well against Northwestern. Do you think those things considered, maybe Northwestern isn't as sort of tough and 2-0 as uh, as we're thinking just because they got you know a pretty nice break in the schedule to start the year? No, I think you're spot on, Mark. I think this is a good Northwestern team. They're better than the team that won three games last year. They, they have a better idea on offense, what they want to do. They still are going to be run the ball a lot. Um, they don't have wide receivers that are going to stretch it. You know, their wide receivers right now are running backs and tight ends, so that makes it important for Nebraska to cover in space and make tackles. But, you know, you're not going to face two wide receivers the rest of the year like Nebraska faced against Ohio State. So if you have two defensive backs out for the first half, this is actually an ideal opponent to play. Now, where Northwestern, I think, is, you know, they're, they're legit, is that front seven. They are really good every year, it seems like, in a front seven. They hold up the line of scrimmage. They win the point of attack. Um, they got great linebackers this year. They got a nice trio of linebackers. Patty Fisher has been in Northwestern forever, and he gets another year. So their front seven is tough. Can Nebraska run the ball with Diedrich Mills? Not to the two-quarterback system. Can they run the ball with Diedrich Mills? I think Northwestern is okay. I think they're 2-0, and as you mentioned, Mark, because of the way the schedule fell and whatever Iowa got away from last week when they're up 17 nothing. That's why I feel good about Nebraska being in this game and with a good chance to win today. Gary Sharps with us, the Iron Horse, Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition, previewing Nebraska Northwestern. Where are you at with Omar Manning's role today? Well, I think it's important. First of all, I think it's not just Omar Manning. I think it's the other guys in the wide receiver room that did not get on the field for an abundance of plays against Ohio State. I think they all need to be involved because – Nebraska has to stretch the field. They have to have a vertical passing game. I truly believe they want to have a vertical passing game. But if they don't have anybody, they're not going to waste throws down there. It's important for Omar Manning, I think, to get started early. And when he's on the field, you can't go like three or four series without him getting a target. He strikes me as a moody guy that needs the ball early to get into a rhythm. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see him when he gets on the field. And I don't know when he'll get on the field, guys. We think he'll be involved early, but we don't know. I think you've got to go his way early to get him in the flow and see where he's at. But I think it's important to get everybody involved in the passing game, whether it be the tight ends. I think Austin Allen will have a big day today. Wondell Robinson, of course, needs to have the ball in his hands. But you've got to get on the outside. Where's Betts? Where's Fleming? Where's Brown? And, of course, where's Omar Manning? You know, and it's a, it's a frustration that you see on message boards and you see on Twitter is it, there, there's a perception out there that other programs 
do a much better job of getting young talent involved early in their careers. Like, you know, insert team here. If they have a hot shot freshman, yeah. that kid's playing and he's a threat. Look at Ohio State's that, kids last yeah. weekend. <laughs> right. For, but for some reason, the criticism is that Nebraska is unable to do that. One, do you think that's fair? Do you think that's actually true? And two, and by the way, this was a criticism even going back through Riley, <laughs> through Polini. So it's like in the water in Nebraska. It's not just a Scott Frost thing. Do, do you think that's accurate? And then two, um, yeah, I guess, let's just start there. Is that accurate to you? Well, I think to a little extent. Let's look at the wide receiver room from last year or the previous two years to this year. You know, Nebraska got very lucky that Stanley Morgan and J.D. Spielman were sitting there when this staff took over. I think what happened with Troy Walters is he took a wide receiver room and he put guys on the field before they earned it. And some guys, as you can see, they did not earn it. And when you would get in the games, you'd cause all kinds of problems because they were not prepared to play. There has been such a culture change in that wide receiver room that with Matt Lubick, there is some talent that we think there's talent, but you're not getting on the field until you earn it. And I think that was a big decision in making a move at wide receiver you know, with offensive coordinator duties as well, is guys have to earn to get on the field in the wide receiver room. They were not earning their way onto the field. They were just placed on the field. So that's a little bit into the Ohio State game why those guys didn't get more action. I think they got the wake-up call, but I think they also have to understand they have a great opportunity here. If you're a wide receiver and you do the right things, you block downfield, you run the right routes, you catch the ball when it's thrown to you, you're going to play because Nebraska needs wide receivers. But I think today you'll start to see that the culture of that room has flipped, and I think that narrative could start to be changed sooner than later. It has to be. It also has to be those young wide receivers need to develop early. So we're not sitting here a couple of years into their stay in the program and going, whatever happened to Nance in Houston? No, right? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, is it, I mean, they were recruited here, they've had a chance to redshirt. And you've not seen them. I mean, any any theory? Are they are are they not as skilled as some of the kids that have been brought in with last year's class? I I don't know, man. That's a you know what 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 gives? Because those those kids were pretty highly touted. They're 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 talented, but you got a lot of talent in that room all of a sudden. Well, I'll tell you about Houston because Ryan Held told me this uh, in the off season. He said we really like where he's at because his whole body has changed. Mm-hmm. But now it's up to him with Jamie Nance. Guys, I, I'm worried about him because we were really high on him when he came out of Oklahoma. And whether he's battled some things throughout his career here, it's go time for him because Nebraska isn't wasting any time bringing in wide receivers. If you're not doing the job at that position in your first couple of years, they've already moved on to the next guy. So I think it's, as we see the next couple of weeks unfold, uh, uh, Jamie Nance, that's pretty important because, guys, you know, everybody can come back and they get another year of eligibility, but – are you going to want to come back if you're not going to be a frontline guy and you're not making progress when you go into year three in the program? But as a whole, that group has to be very, very good today. They have to block on the outside, and they have to catch the ball when it's thrown to them because another part of this whole wide receiver discussion is Scott Frost and Matt Lubick have to trust you. And if they don't trust that you're going to catch the ball when it's thrown your way, you're not getting the ball. You're not going downfield. And so I think that's why they try and get guys started early today if they make some plays in the passing game that are 10 yards down the field, 20 yards down the field, I really think Nebraska's got a chance to have a big day offensively. You know, and, and to do that, 
Yeah, I think you. I think you have to be a little patient today, though, don't you think? I, I mean, they haven't. Northwestern hasn't given up a run over twenty yards. You know, so you're not going to pop a lot. Um, and then we, we've just spent almost this entire segment talking about Nebraska's struggles to find perimeter threats. I, it kind of feels like a game you have to be pretty patient in, doesn't it? Well, it, yes and no. Do you want to play Northwestern's game? That seems like when Nebraska has struggled with Northwestern, they've gotten rolled into that game where it's just kind of hunting back and forth battle, a field position battle. There's not a lot of big plays. And the next thing you know, it comes down to the last second. I think Nebraska today, just for the confidence factor, and they've had some time off, so you might see some new schemes. I think they want to get rolling early. If you look at 14 and 16, when Nebraska went to Evanston, Nebraska played really, really well, and the game wasn't close because Nebraska got off to a really good start, and they were dynamic on offense. Now, I understand a lot of the personnel and the coaching staff uh, is all entirely different, but I think Nebraska doesn't want to play Northwestern football today. I think Nebraska would like to big plays, score quick, not get into where they have to drive 16 plays, 80 yards, stay on the field on third down. Because I don't know if Nebraska mentally against this Northwestern team is equipped to do that and have success. Gary Sharps with us, the Iron Horse, Sale Varsity Radio, Nebraska Northwestern. Let's flip it around to that uh, topic of Northwestern's game. They're going to run the football, and they're going to run the football some more. Are they going to ask Peyton Ramsey to, to manage again a third straight game, or are they going to let him loose a little bit uh, and use some of his athleticism based on what he was able to do to a Nebraska defense a year ago? And I know it's a new team, a new year, and Nebraska looks quite a bit better, specifically in the front seven defensively. But how, what, what should we expect or plan for with Ramsey at the helm for Northwestern because that's a huge difference maker for yeah. them this year offensively. Hey, can we pause just a moment here? How overrated was Hunter Johnson as a five-star <laughs> quarterback at Clemson to transfer to Northwestern? Yeah. I mean, where is he? But with Peyton Ramsey, you know, he was really good last year against Nebraska, and he had all those offensive weapons. You're right, Schmidt. They hadn't asked him to do a lot in the first two games with a brand-new offensive coordinator that wants to run a little bit more of a pro-style offense. But the bread and butter for Northwestern is the quarterback handoff game. I think I still have visions of Clayton Thorson running down yes. the middle of the field in 2015 and Banderas chasing him. I can see that with Ramsey today. But Nebraska has an advantage. They're going to play a different coverage scheme. They're not going to give as much cushion to the wide receivers. So they're going to jam guys at the line of scrimmage. So they're going to force Peyton Ramsey to make plays today in the passing game more than his legs. You don't want him out there running. But I think if the, in this game, guys, it's pretty simple. It comes down to third down. If Nebraska can get off the field on third down, they're going to feel really, really good. Because Northwestern right now is making a heyday. You look at the Iowa game. When Iowa got completely out of their lane and threw the ball, air Hawkeye 50-plus times, what did Northwestern do? Northwestern stayed with a game plan. They had these methodical Northwestern drives where they converted third down, where there would be, you know, and they're demoralizing. Think about when Nebraska has struggled with Northwestern. You come up on third down and eight, what does Northwestern get? They get eight yards. They don't get 12 yards. They don't get 15. They get eight, and you go, oh, geez, here we go again. So third down will be very important for Nebraska on defense, but they got to keep Ramsey in the pocket. they got to collapse that pocket. And I think you'll also see today more of Jordan Riley. I think Jordan Riley is healthy. Look for him in the middle of that line of scrimmage. But that front seven was pretty good against Ohio State. They need to be good again today, especially that trio of linebackers. And having Reimer back will help out as well. 
Hold on. We, we got to come, come back to the breaking news that you just had on this here program, which is Nebraska is going to jam at the line of scrimmage because they were playing, I don't know, 70 yards off in the, in the last game. 75. Well, it, it turned into it turned into the the modern day equivalent of the George Darlington days of the corners don't turn around and look at the ball. That new thing. Leave George that alone. Thing is now you give him too much of a cushion. So you're saying that cushion's well, going to close today. Well, you know, they didn't want to get feet over the top. There was a, such a fear going into that game that Nebraska was going to give up these 30-yard completions over the top, and Ohio State was going to blow their door off. So Nebraska went with the philosophy of let's give them some cushion. We'll take the 10- to 15-yard completion, but let's keep everything in front of us because we have so much respect for those wide receivers. I think today you'll see a different game plan where defensive backs, of course, are going to have to play better, especially the safety play. But I think that's where linebackers will be more active and you won't, and their, their whole thing is not to have wide receivers just running all over the place. But these guys that have a wide receivers from Northwestern, it's not like they're going to sprint down the field on a fly pattern and beat you like Ohio State's world class wide receivers would. Sharpie, last thought. I'm going to go to high school for a second. Your reaction to Bell West Carney last night. What a, what a call. What a game by Carney. Brandon Cool of Carney is one of the best coaches in the state. They are well coached, they're a tough team. I said they were a tough out. Um, and that game probably should have gone to overtime. Bell West had the bad snap and the missed extra point after they scored in the waning seconds of regulation. Um, what a wild game. Great for Carney. That's a really good football program. Disappointment for Bell West, but guys, let's be honest. We've watched a lot of Class A football this year. I don't know who's beaten Omaha Westside. They've got a really, really good team. And I will tell you this. I think Cole Payton, our quarterback, is the best quarterback in the state. I think he's going to be the player of the year. Here's something that has developed. I would take Kobe Bretts right now over Avante Dickerson. Okay. Nebraska hit a home run with Bretts. He's still a little bit raw, but he is a, he's one of the best athletes right now in the state of Nebraska. But I, I think Westside at the end of this month and Lincoln will be the state champ. They're really good. They are incredible. Saw them last year. Saw them a little bit this year. They are fantastic. Uh, East is a good squad, and they put up some points last yep. night, and just not enough, obviously, with that West Side squad. But uh, down to the semis next weekend. Sharpie, have a great day, and uh, thanks for your insight and time as always, man. Thanks, guys. It should be a great game. There's a huge difference for Nebraska from one and one to zero oh and two. Absolutely, Ooh. big time. Oh, yeah. Sharpie, be good, partner. We don't need DefCon. No, I mean, I don't want to. I'm tired of DEFCON. People, right? like, people are ready to just like they, they want to see a win. They want to see some progress and uh, they want to see uh, Nebraska back on the field and kind of raise that W flag. Right. Since we're not far from Wrigley. <laughs> so, get, right. Give us a ray of light here. You yeah. know, pandemic forthcoming lockdown. Speaking of sunshine, right. we will head to the Big Red Den. Of Cousin Dino, Dean Schmidt, the biggest Nebraska fan you'll ever want to know, is standing by shortly with his prediction as we wind down a weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Pace yourselves on the martini intake today, but get a red beer poured. 
Uh, it is the weekend edition. Hail Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. The biggest Husker fan you want to know is Cousin Dino. Dean Schmidt joins us for his prediction. Cousin Dino, it's awesome to speak with you again. Uh, Wisconsin and COVID hosed us last weekend, so there was no segment. It is Nebraska Northwestern. How are you? Well, I'm great. I'm great. I'm very excited to um, get to the point where we start this ball game and just wondering if we could do this this call, you know, after the first quarter. I could be a little bit more accurate. Well, I, I, I know you're all about accuracy. Uh, you're no stranger to games of chance, my friend. And uh, so I'm just asking you to call your shot. What do you think happens? Is Nebraska one and one after today? Well, I, um, I'm certainly um, going that way. Um, you know, we got Nebraska showed up against Ohio State. We saw some things we liked. Um, and uh, the future seemed bright, but how soon is the future? You know, is it today? Uh, I think so. Then we had to live through Badgergate, and I think the whole world knew we wanted to play. Um, certainly from a fan perspective, um, we wanted to see our guys. And today I think it's, um, it's time for the new storyline to begin. And um, I, I expect we're going to see some corners being turned today. And uh, I say let's get, um, get our flags and uh, raise them and uh, let's go beat Northwestern. Dean, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and pick a couple of 50-50s. I think we score first and last, and I think we take them down 34 to 24. Ten-point win, says Cousin Dino. And uh, if you're a prop bet guy, Cousin Dino says Nebraska scores first, Nebraska scores last. Uh, Cranach, you know how tight these games have been, man, between Nebraska and Northwestern. Same with you, Cousin Dino. You were here last year for Nebraska Northwestern, and that thing, there wasn't enough uh, fireball to, to get through that, that offense uh, that Northwestern and Nebraska had. But uh, Nebraska found a way to win. And were you in Evanston two years ago? I was. Very frustrating game. I think we had them down by 14 points. Um, mm-hmm somewhere in the middle of the third quarter, perhaps. And um, they came back and beat us in overtime, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, that was, yeah it's uh, just that was always tense. It is always tense. Yeah, it's yeah. like they I hang around. Like chill and watch a game. You can't chill and watch yeah. a game. You can't be like, oh, cool, the second string, whatever's coming in now. Like, that never happens. Yeah, these guys. yeah. Well, I, I think the boys the boys are due. We're, it's time to, to start it, uh, start a new tradition here. And, uh Let's go beat them. Let's beat them in their place. Love it. Cousin Dino says uh, Nebraska 34-24 to 24 over Northwestern. Cousin Dino, uh, you and Audrey, ready to, you got the TV set up? You ready to go? We're ready. We're ready. We just got to wait two more hours. Well, it's a, it's a red beer time, Dino. Okay. <laughs> For sure. All For right. For sure. Cousin, you too. Thank you so much. There he is, the prediction from the biggest Oscar fan you want to know. Cousin Dino, Dean Schmidt. I love his uh, his take on things. With uh, and you know, Nebraska is going to want to take the football, Mark. Well, of course, and uh, scoring first and scoring last would be a good thing. I like I like his sentiment about you know let's start a new tradition. Yeah, and I think that tradition is let's start. Like when Northwestern shows up on the schedule, like you just Beating them. win that game. That <laughs> you just good. win that game. Good enough. All right. Cranach, be good. Enjoy the game, man. 
You as well, sir. All Enjoy right. That cheeseburger pizza. That's that, just been ordered. That taco cereal or whatever mm. kind of crazy hybrid you're going with today. It is good. Elijah Herbal, Nick Gregeth, Bill Hooks, Real Red Reaction follows from the rail yard right after Nebraska Northwestern. Back at you Monday with Hale Varsity. Thanks.